Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are coming to you, as always, from the greatest country in the world, the great state of Texas, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas, more specifically. Uh, if you guys aren't already a subscriber, please consider hitting that subscribe button for us as well as hitting that like button. Uh, that'll really help us out with the algorithm, as always. Also, don't forget to hit that bell icon so you guys don't miss an episode in the future, whether we go live or we post episodes. Uh, we're going to be going live quite a bit over the next couple of weeks, so we're going to kind of hold off on the high strangeness stuff. Um, if you guys are on the go and you want to check us out, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio, at Truth Defender Podcast. Um, Amazon Music as well is the latest one there. Um, if you guys love what we do here on the show and you're feeling generous, please consider sharing us with a friend, family member, or colleague. Um, might want to kind of hold off on people at work because they might look at you a little funny afterwards. Um, but if you guys have any questions for myself or our guests, as well as guests or topic recommendations, as always, you can shoot us an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Tonight's guests, we have two guests on today at the same time, um, so that's going to be fun. Um, but you remember Preston Dennett, um, he's been on with us a few times before in the past. Um, he's always gracious enough with his time. He always has some great content for us. Um, but he's back with his latest book, uh, Symmetry, A True UFO Story. Uh, for those of you who don't know Preston, uh, he began investigating UFOs and the paranormals back in 1986 when he discovered that his family, friends, and coworkers were having dramatic, unexplained encounters. Uh, since then, he's interviewed hundreds of witnesses and investigated a wide variety of paranormal phenomenon. Uh, he's a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network, uh, better known as MUFON, ghost hunter, paranormal researcher, and the author of 29 books, which is quite a library there. We'll have all those listed down below in the show notes, as well as a link to the website. Uh, we can go ahead and find all that information. He has a whole list of uh, articles and books and stuff that you guys can find there as well. Um, so that's going to be really good. Um, now, the book Symmetry, uh, which is uh, Symmetry, a True UFO Adventure, was is based on the life of Miss Dolly Saffron. Um, she's experienced UFOs, uh, I wouldn't say abductions, but she's been taken several times. Well, I guess we can call it abductions. I don't know how she wants to kind of phrase that. Um, but this is a book based on her life and the many times that she's been taken. Um, and we're going to kind of go over what she's been through and what she's seen all the way, you know, since she was a little... I guess she was like one years old, I guess, uh, all the way up until now. So uh, we're going to go ahead and bring them in here. And uh, yeah, let's get rolling. All right, Mr. Dennett, Ms. Efren, how are you guys doing today? Good. Good, good. Well. I really, yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I know it was kind of, I wouldn't say last minute, but kind of short notice when I reached out to Preston last week. Um, so I really appreciate you guys getting everything together on your ends and uh, making an appearance. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and jump in. Um, so this would be, Preston, this is your latest book, uh, Symmetry, A True UFO Adventure. Um, I guess we can kind of start off by just kind of letting everybody know, obviously you have the website that everybody can go ahead and uh, head on over to. Um, they can find all your information and your books as well, but kind of, you know, let, kind of let everybody else know where they can find you, whether that be on social media and where else they can buy the books as well. Yeah. Well, I do have a website, punch in my name. It should eventually take you there. 
I have a YouTube channel. My books are available on Amazon. I'm all over Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and what have you. But yeah, I've been at this for, mm, gosh, 35 years now. So I'm out there for sure. <laughs> Shouldn't be too hard to find. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know, just like you said, you can go ahead and just punch his name in there and you'll find his uh, Twitter and Instagram accounts and everything. But we'll have everything uh, linked down below in the show notes so that way everybody doesn't have to go looking around for everything. Um, so we'll go ahead and do that for everybody, as well as links to the books as well. Um, I, I mentioned you have quite a library of books that you have on your website, uh, other books that you've written in the past, and you've been gracious enough to come on a few times and a few times and discuss those with us. So we really appreciate that. Um, right. So um, we're going to go ahead and jump in here. So obviously the book is based on the life of Miss Saffron here. Um, I guess, can you kind of give us a little bit of background on yourself, you know, where you're from exactly and like how this whole thing kind of got started? Um, I was born in Georgia near Fort Benning and uh, when I was about eight weeks old, they left and took me to Miami. My dad was being uh, transferred down. I was in the military and uh, we ended up uh, just right across the street from Bayfront Park in Miami in an apartment building at first. And, uh, I had my very first experience then. I grew up in Miami, and at that time, I was about, uh, I don't know, eight months old, 10 months old, something like that. And um, I was in my crib. It was uh, lunchtime, and my mom had put me down for a nap. And I saw this big, bright light coming through the window, and I was like, what the heck? You know, it's daytime. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm being floated up in my crib. And uh, when I got to the top rail, I freaked out. And I tried to flip over. And that's pretty much the last thing I remember, being desperately wanting to go back down. And my memory's gone after that. It was traumatic enough for me to remember that exact instant. Um, but it just kept going after that. I was being, oh, by the way, it's not, I don't believe I'm abducted. It's contacted. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure because there's a lot yeah. of different, uh, a lot of people have a lot of different ways they want to describe it. So yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you for clarifying. You're welcome. And uh by the time I was two years old, I was already uh, having paranormal experiences. I was psychic, I was telekinetic, actually levitated a couple times, scared my mother pretty good. Um, then I disappeared for the first time. She was pregnant and uh, my, uh, I guess it was, she was about two and a half months pregnant and uh, I just disappeared. It, it was supposed to be nap time. She checked on me. I was gone. She couldn't find me anywhere on the house and she called my dad. They called the police had a big APB ad on me. They're going in her pregnant in the cop car, traveling all over the streets, calling my name, looking for me. After a couple hours, uh, they got a call and they rushed her to a little place called the Utotum in Miami off of Miller Road in, uh, out in Southwest Miami. And um, I was sitting on the countertop <laughs> wanting a balloon. I was told I would get a balloon if I was a good girl. And uh, pretty much I remember uh, leaving um, and then going for a ride and them telling me uh, that I had to walk in that store and they would give me a balloon when I got inside. Um, I had to bang on the door. I couldn't push the door open by myself. And the guy saw me standing out there in just nothing but underwear and he opened the door and got me in as fast as he could. And then he called police. Um, by the time she got there, I, I started crying, you know, when I saw her. And um, shortly after that, they changed all the locks on the doors and the windows. They got a retired police dog to 
keep an eye on me. And they were just really starting to freak out about what was going on. My mom was. Right. Right. Yeah. It's So I guess we can kind of jump into like, uh, I wouldn't say coincidences, but Preston, I want to see what you think about this. So does the fact that she was military, did that kind of throw up any kind of red flags to you? Um, also, I remember reading the book, um, Dolly, that you mentioned that you didn't kind of want to tell anybody what was happening to you like over the years. You know, what kind of made you start doing that recently? And how did you kind of meet up with Preston and get this book uh, out? Right, oh, well, that's I'll, a long. I'll start quick. Why do you think about that, Dolly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as military, um, yeah, I mean that does come up. I wouldn't say it raised red flags, but it's certainly a question I ask people because there does seem to be a high incidence of people who have uh, military in their family, and I wonder about that because other researchers have talked about this. But the fact is, I think a lot of people have military in their family. Uh, I know my grandfather, though I never met him, was a colonel in the army. Uh, but yeah, I've, there's a number of people I've talked to who are contactees who had military intelligence. So yeah, that is a question I ask because I think it is a higher incidence than normal. But on the other hand, there's a lot of people who have contact who have no connections to any of that. Sure. I'm not sure that that is something I would say is a red flag, uh, but often enough that I do ask questions about it. Sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of uh, one of the ones that kind of sticks out a little bit more. As far as I guess with people that have been contacted or they had any kind of UFO experience, in my experience, people that I've spoken to have all had some kind of maybe not like extended military service, but Maybe, you know, like their dad was in the army or, or like their mom was part of something or something to do like in the government. Um, a lot of people that I've spoken to, they've had family members that were kind of like doing some kind of top secret stuff or they were involved with some kind of stuff like that. Maybe they worked at, at a base or something. Was there anything like that with, you know, with your father as well? Like maybe he was attached to some kind of group or something that you didn't know about? My father was a generational contactee as well as I. Um, uh, I didn't know it until I was 14 when he revealed that to me. His service was um, unique. And I have loads of NDAs on my head, even to this day that I can't open my mouth. I am not protected from divulging anything to you. But I can tell you that he was um, active most of his life. And there was a lot going on around him. He wasn't always happy about it. He uh, he wanted to stay out of um, issues and things like that. He was an architect, an engineer, and he liked doing that job. That was what he loved the most. Um, other things like that I can't talk about. My um, contact experience is basically a generation. In other words, they've known me my whole life. I am watched. My whole family is watched. Uh, they have been as far back as anybody knows. Um, I have unique blood type. I have unique breeding, that kind of thing, unique genealogy. Um, my ethnicity is complicated. I have, I'm multi-ethnic. In other words, I have Japanese, Korean, I have, um, English, Irish, Scotch, all of that. 
Um, I have Mongolian, I have African-American, I am an, uh, a smorgasbord of ethnicities and they're all star people, okay? Um, I, I'm Swedish, I'm semi-Swedish, I'm Cherokee, Indian. It's all native peoples that I come from. Even Amazonian, I have Incan blood and and stuff like that. Um, that is a pattern that does turn up. I, I now ask people like, you know, well, do you have anything interesting about you, you know, genetically? Um, one guy, Don Anderson, a guy from Utah, says, well, actually, all of my genetics it comes from my father. He has a very, I forget what it's called, uniparental dysonomy or something like that. Yeah. And uh, another lady up in Maine, she's like, well, my genetics go all the way back to the original humans. And, mm. and yeah. Yeah, so I hear you know, Native American um, does come up sometimes, but definitely yeah. there does seem to be some very interesting uh, things with genetics. I think that's why the ETs are so interested in genetics and following certain genetic lines. Right. Yeah, it is interesting. I never, I never thought about, I guess, that aspect of it. I mean, I know a lot of people that always like when you meet somebody and it's like, oh, it's complicated. My dad's like half this and half that. And then my mom is blah, 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 blah. And it's, you never really kind of, at least I don't, I never really kind of put that together as, you know, maybe being another factor, whether that was, I guess done on purpose or they just kind of find people that already have that and they just want to investigate it further. Um, that's always interesting. I mean, now did, did you ever have instances where, I mean, I guess kind of like, I wouldn't say the more common stories that you would hear where they would kind of run experiments and stuff like that, or was it just something no. else? No, my, uh, all my experiences were benev benevolent. I was educated by them off world. I was educated here. I was pretty much uh, nurse mated, coddled, whatever you want to call it. I was very well taken care of by them. They were uh, watching me for a reason. And uh, when I was 14, without understanding what was happening to me at that point, because I had memories, but they weren't conjoined, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't a clear, long running life of this. Um, I decided that either I was crazy or. I needed to figure it out and I took an opportunity to do so and uh, it worked. <laughs> I remembered um, sure. this thrilled them no end and they talked to me about my life and they were proud of me and I come a long way and they gave me an opportunity to do what, uh, uh, be what I wanted to be working with them. And I chose, I chose flying and uh, I was uh, checked out to see if I could do that. And then I did. It took me four years and I learned to fly. And uh, I have a partner and um, it's been my life ever since. I was 19 when I took my first flight. Yeah, this is what I love about Dolly's uh, experiences. Having talked to a lot of people who have had extensive contact, many of them still have a lot of fear with it. They still experience missing time. Some have used regressive hypnosis. Dolly woke up to all of us at age 14 and left her fear behind and developed a full-on relationship with these guys. So she was able to really answer a lot of the questions I had personally <laughs> about contact because much of what she said I have heard before. Other people have described being taught how to fly these craft or that these craft are alive in a sense or all of this stuff. And it was a real treat to like listen to someone who's you know, not freaking out, frankly, about what's happening to them. 
Sure. Is, now, do you think that's more, I mean, you, you only hear, uh, I mean, I've only come across instances of people having bad cases or like they have bad experiences with them. Now, is that done on purpose or is it just kind of, no, no. is that like, like, a, you know, kind of based off fear and like, something yes, like that? absolutely. Yeah. Human humans on this planet have been taught to fear. Uh, you've had your your innate abilities uh, removed from you by fear and negativity and your parents telling you, you know, you're crazy if you have uh, see ghosts or whatever, you know, it's like, oh, no, don't don't go there. You're not that. No, no. And so for centuries, human race has denied the fact that they're psychic and um, waking up to that fact is important for everybody. Um, your fear, it drives you. You see it every day. You're told every day to be afraid of something. And uh, I wasn't raised that way. I was raised outside of it. And that's one of the reasons I was able to just stand up and go, hey, you know. Um, yeah, most of the people I've talked to at some point do move past the fear barrier. Right. Um, often this is much later in life, not perhaps not age 14. Sure. For Don Anderson, it was 21. I mean, yeah. like Whitley Strieber is a good example of someone who had a lot of fear surrounding his encounters and didn't wake up till he was, you know, what, 30s or 40s to right. that he even having contact. Right. Almost so every human, yeah. Almost every human being on this planet has been contacted. Or the human race is watched by them. They are our progenitors. They're our parents. And uh, they keep an eye on us. And we have a lot of heavy load gamma radiation coming at us for the last 800 years. And our DNA is being disrupted because of it. Contact us to medically check us out to make sure that we're not becoming uh, past the point of no return with it. And they help us. They heal us. They majorly heal humankind. There are all kinds of things that they do for human beings here while they were coming. Um, the reason that people freak out is... Think about this. You go to the doctor. You nervous? If they're going to do something to you, you don't know what they're going to do. You a little freaked. You afraid? Yeah. You see kids screaming, "Don't touch me!" You know, I've been. I'm a nervous. I've been bit, spit on. You name it. Hit, pulverized. You name it. From people just being bloody afraid of being contacted in an ER or the doctor's office and being examined. That's all they're doing is they're checking us out to make sure we're okay. Yeah, I came to that conclusion very early on. That was the subject of my first book was UFO healings. And I've since documented some 300 cases. That is, I'm convinced, the purpose behind one of their main agendas really is healing humanity. I asked Dolly about that and she's like, yeah. And she, you know, we just talk about this in the book. She describes, gosh, what, four, three or four, five events of healing. One that comes to mind. Well, Dolly, you should tell it. You hurt your leg. Yeah. I was roller skating and uh, was a teenager and little kid dive bombed in front of me and I didn't make it. Went down on a solidly hard rink and uh, tore my ACL and uh, they couldn't have me limping around or being in agony. And they took me up and they healed it right away. They took care of it um, because I needed that leg. So yeah, that was one incident of it. Um, I've also had uh, bones mended. Uh, I broke my elbow. I have a hybrid son. And when I broke my elbow that night, um, it was broken that like that afternoon. And I was in agony and I was heading to the kitchen uh, to get myself some milk so I could take a pain pill. So it was in agony. And he showed up in the kitchen 
And I was like, oh my God. And he held my arm for me. Um, I went to a, a specialist a few weeks later because they made an appointment for me. And he said, you don't need a cast. You're almost, it's completely healed. What the heck? You know, right. um, I've had other things worked on as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story where she got to meet her full grown hybrid son. It's almost exactly what this other lady told me. Her, I call her Lynette. That's not her real name. She had the virtually same sort of thing. Her full grown hybrid son came and says, you know, we're always watching over you. Right. You have no reason to worry. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just a really touching, poignant meeting. And it's so interesting to hear people talking about this because you hear a lot about people holding the babies. Right. The babies grow up and they're, you know, they're ch- these people's children. This is Dolly's child. Right. Did you, so I guess, First, I guess it's kind of two questions here. So this is a term I never heard before, but conscious contactees. Could you kind of explain what that means? And yeah. on the other side, was, was I guess, did they mostly show up, I guess, like major events in your life? Or there was just kind of like a, they would just come every week and they would just, you know, just come to visit you? Or how did that whole thing work? Can I jump in first real yes. quick? Yes, go ahead, yeah. In terms of conscious contactee, because this is an important point. Uh, I would say most contactees are conscious to some degree, okay. even those who go under hypnotic regression do it because they've had full conscious contact. <laughs> they really have. Uh, a conscious contactee is someone who recalls their experiences in their entirety for okay. the most part, does not need to resort to regressive hypnosis. And there's one very famous gentleman, Jim Sparks, who wrote a book called The Keepers, who's often referenced as being one of the only. And I can tell you that's not true. I know a lady in Australia, Don Anderson, I would call him fully conscious. Another guy in West Virginia. Dolly's case is by far the most extensive I've heard. Uh, So, yeah, and Dolly, you can talk about how often you get picked up and what conscious contact (laughs) is like for you. Yeah, Um, I'm awake all the time. It, there's no uh, no uh, time that I'm not completely aware of what I'm doing 24-7. I am awake all the time. And when I'm contacted, I am aware of what's happening to me. I'm aware of when I'm with them. I'm aware of every single second of it. I have a running permanent, uh, like you would have in your daily life, memory of my life. Right. Um, there are no blackouts, nothing. This has been this way since I was 14. Um and how often are you contacted? Okay. Um, from about the age of 14 until about a year and a half, two years ago, um, it was two to three times a week, sometimes more. And I would be gone off and on, sometimes for a week or two at a time, even a month at a time. I'm actually, I'm 64 now, but I'm probably older. We sat and figured it out once. I'm probably more like 75, 76 years old, physically, and uh, because of going in and out of uh, space time with them. I travel inter- interdimensionally with them and uh, they take me out and bring me back within minutes of me leaving. But I've lived all that physically somewhere else and come back. So I am much, much older than I, uh, my chronological age will tell you. Um, everything that I did with them uh, was had a purpose to it. I learned to fly. I would go out on missions with them. I would help them contact people to bring them up for examinations. I would, when I was done getting us to where we needed to go, I would sit with people and keep them company and talk them through it and tell them what was going on, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done other things with them as well. I've been to other planets. I've seen 
astronomical things inside our galaxy and outside our galaxy. It's really cool. I bet it's kind of one of my uh, dreams and I've always spoken about it, uh, but I'm kind of jealous. Well, actually more like envious that, that I'll never <laughs> yeah. get to see outside of like earth. Like I'll never get to go to space and visit other galaxies and, you know, things like that that we know that are out there, but um, that's always been one of my, I will tell you a secret. <laughs> okay. Most people, this is part of their message. Listen to what I tell you now, okay? ET's message to humanity is they want you to use your innate abilities. They want you to start becoming psychic like you really are. All human beings know they're intuitive. All people have psychic moments, but it's not fluid, okay? They don't have control or command of it. Um, they want you to learn how to do that. They want you to hear them talking to you because you have had contact. You just don't remember, and you're not going to until you develop your abilities and get that going. Lose the fear. Don't believe that you'll be hurt. Don't believe that you'll um, suddenly evacuate your body for no reason whatsoever. It is not true. Uh, as long as you have life in that body, you're in that body. Once that body's done with you, then you move on to somewhere else and do other things. You don't really die, Okay. But your, your consciousness, who you really are, is operating this vehicle that you're sitting in. It's a physical mind. Your pineal gland is the message center between your physical mind and your conscious astral mind. And you should be operating with that uh, interactive thing going on in your head. Your pineal gland should be wide open. You should be conscious of who you really are. You should know everything that you should know. And they want you to learn. It's time. Everybody needs to wake up. It's more past time than you know. They want you to stop listening to the world tell you there's something wrong with you. They want you to stop believing in hate and violence and crime and doing bad things, you know, negativity. Just drop it. Let it go. Okay? That's their main message to humanity. It's time. Wake up. Yeah. And I would just echo that in terms of all most almost without exception, the contactees I've interviewed are profoundly psychic. I don't really like that term, honestly, or paranormal, because these are natural human abilities. And this is something we can all do. Out-of-body experiences, telepathy, clairvoyance, healing, past life recall, remote viewing, channeling, uh, psychic reading, levitation. That was a really cool thing that Dolly mentioned earlier, because I was looking into cases of people, contactees who have physically levitated, physically. And uh, my gosh, there's a lot of them. I'm like, when I was interviewing Dolly, I'm like, I don't suppose, Dolly, that you ever levitated. It's like, well, yeah, actually, you know, it's had, yeah. there was at least four really dramatic incidents that she shared uh, with me. So these are just natural human abilities. And boy, so many contactees have this. I think the ETs really are attracted to that, and they certainly do spark it up in people, ignite it, I guess. Right. Now, you mentioned the pineal gland. Obviously, we've all heard that that's kind of like the focus, that we should try to use that more. And, and like, I, I mean, how is one question, but do you believe that we are being, I guess, fed like all these processed foods and all kinds of things to kind of diminish our access to it on yes. purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's pollution. Yeah. You're, you're using fluoridated toothpaste. You're drinking right. fluoridated water. 
That is one of the worst agents you can put in your body for your pineal gland. It gums it up. It stops it from operating properly. Your pineal gland, you know, your brain is a transmitter, right? You transmit your own brain waves, alpha, beta, theta, gamma, delta, okay? Right. You think in these brain waves, you can transmit. When you have a moment that's profoundly psychic that you've probably already had, you're thinking about somebody and poof, they call you. Or you'll be humming a song and this person standing next to you was, oh my God, I was just thinking that. This is psychic connecting with one another. You're already doing it. You're just unaware that you're doing it. Stop eating and drinking things that are bad for it. You know, let it go. Right. There's yeah. a list out there on the internet that you can look up at things that you do every day that you need to stop doing to clean up detoxify your body. Heavy metals is one of them. Okay. Don't use anything but stainless steel or cast iron. Oop. <laughs> I don't know. For that was fun. <laughs> Could be we're running the show. I don't know. Uh, Hi. Oh, this is funny. We started talking about this kind of stuff and I was dropping in and out. I lost you guys a few times and you guys were freezing back and forth. And then I finally dropped out here. I was able to get back in. I don't know what was going on. It's not the first time it's happened though. So yeah. there we go. Everybody strap in. Information we're, people don't want this to come out. Yeah. We're still rolling though. So we're good. But I mean, I have strong connections out here. We rolling on freaking fiber internet and all that good stuff. So there's nothing that should be going on. Um, so hopefully we'll try to hold on for everybody out there. <laughs> That's not the first time, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, right. So pineal gland. Yeah. So obviously we need to watch what we drink, what we eat. I, I mean, I'm, so I try to stay in the gym as much as I can. I try to eat as great as much as I can, but there's only so much that I can do. Obviously if you're working all day and you're just hungry and it's just easy to like, Hey, just order a pizza or you know, whatever. But that's, you that's go obviously shopping once a week yeah. and buy all the right yeah. foods you should be eating mm -hmm. and have it in the house already. You're good. You're golden, right? Absolutely. That's a good yeah, habit it's... to have, right? This is what's really cool about Dolly's story. We, we, we talk about this and uh, I asked her when she's in contact with the ETs and you're up there on the craft, what about them? How psychic are they? How do they operate? She's like, well, they're levitating all around. <laughs> I just learned. I always learn something new every time I talk to her about kind of, she's like, well, you know, the little gray babies, they, they levitate automatically. They're, they're floating around. <laughs> right. Uh, there's so many accounts of, you know, people being levitated, uh, you know, brought through walls and communicating telepathically. This is a way of life. This is how spiritually evolved these beings are. And that's what they're trying to bring us up to so that we can interact with them in a more, in a direct way. Right. We, we live in a third dimension that's gravity heavy. Okay. And so you don't see this, but every molecule of your body is made out of light, actually. Okay. Just very densely compacted, gravity heavy things mm -hmm. that are, make you feel solid. But outside of that, you're nothing but light. Your energy is all light. Your magnetic, electromagnetic energy, and that's light. Okay. It, when you wield that, when you use that energy, like you can ride a bicycle, think about what you could do with it. Okay. We're dealing with people 
who are that advanced, who wield light. They understand its properties, how it works, and they're psychic beyond anything you know. And that's their technology right there. It's all light technology. That's how they're able to travel interdimensionally as well. Right. And so like when they, when they come and visit you, do you kind of automatically snap and you're just on the craft or do they come to you like no. in your room and they no. like, Hey, we're going to go here and there. You know, how does just that whole thing work? Yeah. When I was younger, mostly they grabbed me in my room, sometimes outside. I've had a few instances where I went up broad daylight. Um, uh, they bring an energy ribbon down. It's an electromagnetic ribbon and it, it's interdimensionally charged. And, uh, when I first started going up with them, uh, an AI, uh, gray would come and get me and help me up, but now I can do it on my own. I don't need their help. And uh, I just travel up the ribbon and I get in and they close the doors and I'm gone. We go. Um, most of the time they come down in a very small craft because the bigger ones leave more problems for us because they're huge and they have a lot of energy around them. It's not safe for us to be around really. So if, so I leave in a smaller craft and I go to the bigger one and I transfer that, that, that way. Right. Now, did you ever share any of this kind of information, like with your parents and stuff? I mean, obviously nobody wants to say anything because obviously you get the same response all the time. Like, Oh, it's just a dream or like you're crazy or, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, was there ever maybe sharing? It with was right up front. It was, they, they understood what was happening to me. Um, they just kept quiet about it because they knew I wasn't fluid with my memories. My mother hated it, to be honest with you. She did not like the idea that I, I was going with them at all. Um, she, mm-hmm. she, she um, aborted, as a matter, a matter of fact. She couldn't stop it, but she wasn't happy. But things happened around me all the time. I'm constantly psychic. I'm constantly having things happen. My whole family was alerted to the fact that I'm just different, okay? And uh, so, yeah, my father was a contactee as well. So he knew it was happening. He knew. So. Yeah, it's a rare contactee who tells everybody. (laughs) And I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed. I would say it's the majority of them who say something along the lines of, you know, I have no history of mental illness. I have not told my spouse. I've got a good job. You know, I don't do drugs. I, I got really good grades. Uh, people will keep it quiet. And Dolly did for a yeah. long time. I know people who have lost, you know, their marriages have dissolved over this. They've lost friends. Right. This is very difficult at times for people. It's really unfortunate because it doesn't need to be. And I'm so glad now that it's different. Times right. are changing. It's much more accepted. But right. yeah, my heart goes out to contactees uh, because yeah. I can only imagine how you know, isolating it can be. Yeah, no, it is It is kind of, I guess, being more mainstream. And I mean, I don't know what the polls are nowadays, but I mean, I'm sure if you were to go out and poll like 100 people, I would say 95% of them would say that they believe in UFOs or, you know, like alien contact or, you know, stuff like that. But um yeah, I mean, you can have all of those qualifiers, you know, just having a good job, being like outstanding citizen and stuff like that. But in the past, you say anything related to like, I've seen UFOs or I've been in contact with aliens or stuff like that. And then that's, you're like, you're done. That's it. That's the only thing that you'd have to say. <laughs> yeah. And nobody would ever talk to you again. Um, it's still kind of a little, I guess I would say taboo, but it's still kind of a little like hush, hush kind of thing when you speak to certain yeah. people. 
Yeah, like you say, like, hey, you know, do you believe in UFOs? And people are like, well, not really. I don't know. Do you? And I'm like, yeah. And then they're just like, oh, well, all right. I got to go. When I first I started with Dolly, she, she said, I asked her, can I use your name? And she said, no. I prefer <laughs> it's like, the, wait a minute. What am I doing here? Yeah. I had to think about it for a few minutes. So I was like, what have I started? I know I was meant to start this. I was going to do it. And then he said, can I use your name? And I went, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then I thought, no, wait a minute. I'm committed. I have to do this. So, yeah. Yeah, what's really interesting, you asked earlier, Paul, and uh, we kind of skipped over this question, is how we got together. All right. Paul contacted me over the internet and started, you know, we started talking about her experiences and she was looking for someone to tell her story. And it's so cool how she came to meet me. I'll just let Dolly tell it because it's so amazing to me. I was, um, when I decided to come out to everybody, um, I had, my contacts knew what was happening and they sort of briefed me on what to expect first. There was long powwows about this um, because it was a huge undertaking about what I was about to go do. And um, so I set out and I, I knew nothing about the UFO community, nothing. I didn't pay attention to y'all. I didn't look in books, nothing. And I had to ferret out everything. And I started listening to the radio. I started watching podcast programs, looking and uh, I'm not going to name names, okay? But I went to this one couple of people and I told them my story on the air and it went right over the top of their head and they were like, okay, fine, click, you know? Uh, hmm. And then I contacted a, a couple other researchers and they leave your name and number, leave a brief synopsis of your story, blah, blah, blah. I never heard back from them. And I was becoming very frustrated. And then I started realizing that there is a lot of disinformation out there, Okay. I kept hearing things that blew my mind about how messed up this all is. Mm -hmm. And I went back to my contact and was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is crazy. How do I deal with this? And I can't find anybody and help me. And uh, he said, well, I know someone. His name is Preston Dennett. He pre spelled his name. I was on board. <laughs> and uh, he said, remember the name. Go When you go home, look him up on YouTube. He's there. I said, okay. So I got home and I got, you know, waited a day. And then I looked on the internet and I found his YouTube channel. And then I found one of the very first videos he ever had. And it was about healing, which I'm very attracted to. Okay. Cause that's what they do. And uh, I listened to it. He was dead spot on. He knew what he was talking about. He was um, giving information. He wasn't embellishing. He wasn't creating things that weren't true. I mean, it was just, I was impressed as hell. And so I contacted him. I sent him an email and lo and behold, he contacted me right back less than 24 hours later. And we just went from there. Yeah. When I heard that, I'm like, wow, wait, what? <laughs> they giving you my name? And yep. at some point, you know, getting into involved in this field, I'm like, wow, I came as a skeptic. I didn't believe in any of this. And then I you know, started seeing UFOs. I'm like, wow, they're real. And then one came down for me and I ended up having missing time. I'm like, ooh, gosh, am I a contactee? And I was, I remember interviewing this one guy, Ramon, I call him. That's not his real name. But he called me up after I interviewed him. He's like, a UFO is hovering over my house when we were doing our interview. I'm like, what? what? He's like, no, no, for real. My son came running in after I hung up the phone. And I remember talking to another lady, asked her to go on TV. 
you know, she called me back right before the little public access television program. Right. So I'm not doing it. The ETs uh, were listening in and they don't want me to, they said, it's not time to go public. I'm like, oh my gosh, do they, are they reading my books? <laughs> uh, do they know what I'm doing? And uh, right. this is what, you know, when, I'll call her Wendy, Wendy from Australia said that she was led to me by them. And I kind of took that with a grain of salt. And then Dolly said it. I'm like, hmm, there might be something to this. And then, you know, just to put the frosting on the cake, it wasn't long after I was talking to Dolly, a guy from England called me and says, you know, I need to talk to you. The ETs came and visited me and they said, we're facing some possible, you know, earth changes and disasters. As I said, the ETs warned him about our use of nuclear weapons. That's what they mostly talked about to him. He says to me, has you ever heard of this? I said, yes, of course. That's one of their number one messages. Mm -hmm. We talked for a while. I'd, I counseled him, basically. He says, I just got one more thing to say before I hang up. He says, I want you to know that you know I had my encounter this morning with the Greys, and they said, we want you to talk to a gentleman in the U.S., and his name is Preston. And they gave him my last name. <laughs> and uh, he didn't know me. I don't know him. So this just shows how closely they're watching you too, Paul, <laughs> all of us. So you got space credit is what you're saying. So that's, uh, that's great. <laughs> that's, so, I mean, you, you speak about the community, right? So you're right to think that it's pretty toxic, not just the UFO community, um, like the Bigfoot community, Dogman stuff, you know, all these kind of things where there's people that have different experiences and kind of want to believe what they want to believe and stuff. Now, when you talk to people that don't really, I guess I'll just use like a term called fanboys or fangirls of like the whole, I guess, topic, people that don't have any kind of agenda behind it, like Preston who came to these things trying to disprove it myself kind of not really believing all that much because I had never seen one myself. I didn't know anybody that had not to say that I just didn't believe outright, but I just wanted proof. So, and since I had never seen anything, there was nothing for me to like embellish. Right. So, you know, people like Preston who, I mean, he's has a lot of great information, a lot of great books and stuff. I see why, his name would be out there, not just on here on earth, but out there, out there. Right. So he'd be like the one you'd want to go to, to speak to about this kind of stuff. So that's, that's great that, you know, they're leading them to you, Preston, you know, obviously, because they know that you're going to relay their story without, you know, trying to put any shine on yourself or stuff like that. So um, I'm really happy that you found someone like him to, you know, put your story out there as well. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's uh, it's kind of weird that they knew that you were like the go-to guy, but I'm not surprised. So that's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I got to yeah. why. It's weird that there is so much disinformation in this field. I was shocked when I came in. I was so naive. I'm like, what? There's a cover-up? <laughs> Wait, that, that's where my tax dollars are going. Huh. <laughs> Why? And I could not believe it. It's so, hmm, just gets me really angry every time I think about it. There's no need for it. Yeah. I mean, you always get the same stories, obviously, 
when you speak to people about it and they say things like, well, if people knew like what was really out there, like the world would fall apart, there'd be no need for religion anymore. And, you know, all these kind of earthly things that don't really matter all too much. I mean, not to say that religion doesn't matter to people. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are religious. I'm one of them as well. But to think that they're exclusive, you know, that they couldn't exist together is kind of like a naive way of thinking of it as well. But um, I don't know. It's You just get like all the same like disinformation from people. Like this whole thing where they're starting to release videos about UFOs from the Navy and all these kinds of things. As someone who was in the Navy myself, everything's done for a reason. I don't believe that they're doing this out of the kindness of their heart or because they want us all to know that there's like something out there. We already know there's something out there. Um, but there's there's more to it than just them kind of allowing us to know, you know, that there's more out there. But I don't know. It's to this like to me this whole thing is kind of weird. Like I don't I don't believe the military when they have anything to say about it. Like I just don't. <laughs> Flat out. Having been in the military myself, I know the kind of excuse my language, I know the the kind of bullshit that goes on as far as cover ups and stuff like that. So um I don't I take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I don't know I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> the matter is is that all the world governments are the one percent. Right. And they've pretty much groomed everybody on this planet to do their bidding one way or the other. And they use uh, tactically use uh, things like fear, um, money, uh, the need to survive, that kind of thing. You know, instead of whips, now they dangle carrots in front of you and expect you to run after that carrot. And to get what you want, you have to have money. And then the money is the control over you that they desire and they use. They also brainwash you. There's plenty of that going on. There's there are games out there that are so violent that keeps you violent. They they stir trouble between people. It's all smoke and mirrors worldwide has been for centuries. And sadly, uh, humanity, most people just want to be happy and to live their lives and to eke out some sort of existence. Um, but you are governed to the point that you are a slave here. Everybody is. And, the, and, and then with the loss of you using your pineal gland to hear the truth, people who are psychic hear the truth. I can tell when you're lying to me, I hear it in your head. Okay. You can't lie to a psychic person at all. That's what they want you to employ. They want you to learn who's telling you the truth and who is not. They can't lie to you. Then you won't listen to it. You drop the fear. You drop the misconceptions. You drop the ideologies, all of them, and you become who you really are. And that's what they want to see happen. They want you off the slave train and they want you wide awake because we have a lot coming at us and they need humanity to be ready for this yeah this is really the theme of the book and i think this is why dolly's story is so important because it counteracts the false alien threat narrative that's being pushed forward mm-hmm. i think there's a reason why symmetry has been a bestseller for you know five months since it came out because people are resonating with it and they know this is the truth of contact contact is benevolent it's absurd to think that a highly advanced race or races who are really just us, I mean, they're not alien as we would think of it. They are very much people, very much human like us. It's absurd to think that they would come, you know, have free access to the entire universe 
and what they want to come over and torture people on earth yeah. no it's ridiculous they've been around for millennia they're right. highly advanced spiritually right. technological technologically right. the alien threat is to the one percenters to their job to their control over the masses that's the threat yeah they view it as a threat because it's a threat to them right yeah and it's it makes you wonder i mean for myself as well like you know you obviously get stories like like yourself dolly where they're they come to you and they you know they're trying to teach you and make you better and show you all these wonderful things and such but then you get stories obviously of like people that have bad experiences and, and things like that and it makes you wonder like are these people really experiencing these kinds of things are they is that something else that like they're they're getting thoughts put into their head to make you believe that, that these things are like not good you know so i don't know like how what you think about counterterrorism going on in this planet and it is called a my lab it started with mk ultra majestic majestic 12 all of it and it is the world leaders uh planting uh lies into your head when i say you're being brainwashed i'm not kidding you and they will go to almost any lengths to convince you that you're being attacked, pushed, tortured, whatever. And if you don't play the game with them, a lot of people disappear because of that, okay? If you're in the military, you'll disappear. If you don't do what they tell you to do, it's highly compartmentalized. One hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. And this is serious, serious stuff. I hear from people all the time that I know for a fact have been my lab. And they believe that they're super soldiers and they've been to Mars and that they're being regressed stage full and all of that. And it's like, it's hard to break brainwashing. It's hard to tell people without the truth, them being able to hear the truth, uh, what's really happening. And all I can do is state facts to them. You know, Mars is a dead planet. That's no magnetism. It has no magnetosphere. There's no protection from gamma incoming radiation on you. It kills a life. There's no soil on Mars. It's outgassing. It had a, it was in a terrible calamity and it's no longer a viable planet to be on. And yet they talk about wanting to go there. And it's insane to me because A, there's not enough time for that to happen. And B, they've had probes there. They know bloody good and well that it's a dead planet and there's nothing they can do about it. Nothing. No so super soldiers are living there. The proof is this. We have astronomers all over this planet who are very good at what they do they would see evidence of it, okay? There, it would be known that people were taking off from this planet and going there. They would see it. They would see signatures of them being, humans are very dirty people and we leave evidence everywhere. And whenever they take a picture of Mars, it's nothing but a dead, flat nothing. That you, People need to cognitively think about what they're looking at and who's telling them these stories, these things. It's not true. Right. It's... Now, do you believe that, I guess, militaries, as as we've all heard the stories, that they're like in contact with people in the military? Do they work with the militaries? No, absolutely the world? not. No? no, no. ET had, a, had one, uh, they were going to talk to one president. They taught, well, they tried a couple of times, but Eisenhower was the last. And they realized that we are paranoid, violent uh not capable, highly ego, maniacal people. And they weren't going to work with us anymore. And they went on with the world governments anyway. And that's when they started their campaign to have contact with the people of this planet, other than 
than one of percenters. And they've shown themselves as often as they can to everybody, to children at school, movie theaters, you name it, they have been there. And there are thousands and thousands of stories of this. They've done healings. They've done everything they can to show detente. And, but it's hard to get this for people to like sink their teeth into it and see the reality of it because they're told not to believe it. They've been pushed into telling each other, oh, no, no, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's starting to finally come around. People are pushing back now and they're saying, well, yeah, I did see something and it was benevolent. You know, what are you talking about? Or you see school children all massively have a sighting together with their teachers and they're all drawing pictures of the same thing. One in Africa was very Africa. significant. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing how far they're going to make sure that we know who they are. And yet the governments of the world have played stupid, dumb, and don't want you to go there. And now they feel pushed to do some disclosure, but it's not full. And they'll never, ever tell you the truth of what they know. Never. Because they've got down craft. They're back engineering things. And they're realizing now that they will never, ever, ever be able to reproduce the way those craft fly. Because A, they're flown psychically. There are no mechanisms on those craft. They have power for to create uh, magnetic fields around themselves. That's it. Everything else is guided psychically and it's the power of light and they can't do that. They don't have the technology and they won't in this iteration, in this lifetime, they just won't. Right. Yeah. It's definitely quite unfortunate. Like I said, we, I've always been upset that I'll never be out there. I'll never get to go out there, you know, stuff like that. And now for this reason, you know, things like you mentioned, they're obviously actively trying to block us from reaching our full potential, from reaching out to these, these, exactly. I'll just call them, I won't call them aliens per se, but like, I guess we can call them, I'll just say like individuals out in space. They like, I, they're the people. Um, right. most, of the, most of the native people on this planet already know who they are. They'll tell you to your face. They are the people. We're one of the people. You are one of the people. We're all related. They're us. We are them. We're one. Okay. We are the people and so are they. They're fully human like we are, most of them. Uh, they come from the human genome. We all have the same DNA. DNA is universal throughout our universe. Everything is uh, genetically uh, the same. You're related to all the animals on this planet. It's all connected. We're part of the same thing. And um, it's a beautiful existence. And we deserve way better than we're getting here. And that's why they want us. It's time. Wake up. We need to push back against this. It's time. Okay. Yeah. I just want to underline that because Dolly said something, you know, we are you, you are us, we are one. That is something I get from a lot of contactees. They all say that. And when I was putting the book together, you know, that became a big theme of the book. I was going to call the book Dolly Among the Stars because, you know, it's a picturesque title <laughs> and really descriptive, I think, because, I mean, she's really out there and doing all kinds of amazing stuff. Master, do you have any ideas for this? The title of the book—it's really your book. It's about you. She said, "Yes, I want to call it Symmetry." And I asked her why, and this turned out to be one of the main lessons the ET taught ETs taught her that there is symmetry to not only the energetic structure of the universe itself, but to all life. And she was probably can talk, talk about this taken to other planets and did see trees there pine trees, you know, all life, very similar to the life we have here. 
animals we have here are on other planets in minor variation. Right. So I want to jump into this chat session right here. There was a question in the chat. I don't know if you're um, familiar with this, Dolly, but uh, Ray asked, uh, the craft Minerva that Captain Mark Richards speaks about, uh, are you able to verify that account? I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of that. I'm not aware of that account. Uh, Minerva? No, right. I'm not. What is he talking about? Right. So we we'll need a little more information there, Ray. Uh, if you can shoot us over some information about that. I'm not aware of that that case. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, that was just one of the questions that we had in the chat. So I thought I'd throw that out there. But um, it's it's all right if you don't. It's it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's off. So I guess now. I guess. Um, what was I going to say? Actually, I had this question. Oh, all right. So, so they they come down and you're with them quite often, obviously. But I mean, what was like the plan for your life? I mean, did, did they ever come with some kind of plan? Obviously, just to get you to kind of, I wouldn't say, I guess, to kind of relay their messages to everybody else. Obviously, the book is out now, so that's that's great. But I mean, was there some kind of like a, a a bigger plan for you to kind of reveal what they're about and like what they're trying to do. I mean, there's nothing obviously stopping them from coming down and doing it by force, but obviously that's not what they want to do. But um, because I mean, with how things are playing out now, people will never know like what's really out there, you know? So, I mean, one day, hopefully they come out and do it like on a grander scale, but you know, for now, there is a plan. And uh, I was raised in the hope that I would meet my potential. In other words, that I would show them that all of their guidance, all of watching my family all these years would culminate and that somebody in my family would uh, step up to the plate. And I did. Um, I'm very lucky that I did. I'm very happy that I did. I'm glad more than you can know that I chose not to be afraid, that I chose to be aware that I, I tried very hard. It was really hard work what I had to go through. Um, my life has not been a free throw, okay? My life is very difficult, and I've had many obstacles. But I have watched humanity my whole life. I'm a human like you. I'm actually a hybrid. I'm not fully uh, from here here. I do have their genetics. I'm, I'm part tall grain. I'm part Nordic. and uh, it irked me as I was uh, picking people up uh, and working with them while they were being checked out and, and, and seeing how they were reacting. And, and then those that were waking up, you could tell. And I realized that it's not enough. Somebody has to open their mouth. Okay. There are other hybrids like me who in different capacities, some of them fly, some of them do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of them have really just said, you know, I'm tired of this. I want to see some change. I want to see if I can't bring a message out there and start speaking the truth and see if it helps. And it came in the form of me just wanting to plant seeds of truth. You know, if you plant a seed, it'll grow, right? I believe that. And uh, I knew I was risking my life, and I am. And uh, I just went for it. I'm not afraid of anything or anyone and I have them back in me 100%. So I'm like, here I am, I'm opening my mouth and I'm telling you what's what and why is why. 
you are all, everybody on this planet is a contactee. We're all related to them. And we've all had instances with them from time to time of discussing with them what's going on, whether you remember it or not is moot point right now. Until you open your pineal gland up and you start working it, you're not, you're not going to be fully grasping that yet. That's what's so important about that. And when we had all the talks about me coming out and talking, that was the number one main point. The best thing that I could do in helping, because that's what I want to do, help, is to talk to people about how to use their abilities, talk to people about what's really meant, who they are and what they mean toward us and what the plan might be in the future. And some of it's really hard to hear. Um, I'm, I haven't gone there yet with you because um, there's a lot that you're new to me and you're just getting sure. to know me. Um, but there's a lot going on around you and you deserve to know the truth. I wouldn't want to live my life in the darkness. I want to know. I mean, I was taught, know all that is knowable and then proceed. Okay. And everybody on this planet has that right. That's your, that's your right in the universe. You're an autonomous being and you've been given everything. You just don't know it and you deserve to know it. Your karma doesn't work right until you know it. So think about that. Sure. And now you, so you mentioned repercussions. Is that, does that come from obviously not from them, but no. are you made no. aware of like instances like that or like well, you know, where you have to watch out for yourself? Um, I am watched, I've been watched my whole life. I've almost been abducted twice, and uh, my contact Talata um had to intercede for me once. Um, it's I just live with it, I know it's happening, they're very well aware of who I am and what I'm saying, and um me coming out is one of my guarantees that they're not just going to try to off me or shut me up because I've already gone out there. Preston's written the book and that's my number one cover right there. Um, other than that, um, I just go for it every day and don't think about it too much, you know? Yeah. A lot of contactees are surveilled by government, particularly if they're having a lot of contact. When I've talked to people are followed. I've had phone problems and email problems and mail problems and some indication of that. I think they're following all UFO researchers. There's been some researchers who have looked into that. Jim and Coral Lorenzen, they founded the group APRO. They found out that their group was infiltrated by, I think it was the CIA. And if you look at all the other UFO citizen groups, whether it's NICAP or QFOS or MUFON or what have you, um, it's shocking to see how closely surveilled they are. A lady who I mentioned earlier, Wendy, she had her hypnosis tape stolen. They did not steal her stereo or TV or money. (laughs) Another guy in upstate New York, I told him you should be keeping a diary of everything that happens to you. This will be really useful for you. He says, well, I did, but it was stolen. (laughs) Like, oh, really? (laughs) He says, yes, I kept it on the mantle. And someone Mm. broke into my house and stole it. Rookie and moves. I know Dolly's being surveilled because I <laughs> saw it firsthand myself uh, when we met for, for the first time at a UFO con. And uh, mm. we had rented a little Airbnb outside of the conference. This is in Laughlin, Nevada. And I'm driving home and Dolly's sitting in the passenger seat, or to the Airbnb rather. And I'm like, Dolly, I think someone's following us. And she just kind of you know, shrugged. She's used to it. I'm not. And I'm um, like, no, they're definitely following us because there's all these little twists and turns to this little Airbnb. 
And this guy followed us the whole way. I pulled in the driveway. <laughs> this guy had the audacity to just pull right up in front of the driveway and block it and park there, blocking the driveway. I'm like, Dolly, look. It's like, I told you. How many, how many times do I have to tell you? I've told you. This yeah. is what I live with. Yeah, he was still there in the morning, too. I made him back down the street when we pulled out. <laughs> so, Jeez. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's not surprising, but it's definitely odd. I mean, the lengths they, that they would go to, you know, just for that information out to get out, which, I don't know, it's weird. It's it's weird for me, I guess, having been involved with, like, in the military and then, like, law enforcement. And so I, I know, like, the operations and, and, and things, how that stuff, how that kind of stuff works. So it's it's odd that they would, that they would, uh, I guess reallocate resources like that to follow people. You know, that's there are obviously other things that they could be doing, but they would rather yeah. follow people around like yourself and stuff. So that yeah. that lends credence, you know, that lets me know that that there is something there there. Like there's more there there than than not. So yeah. uh, I think the main reason that I am followed is they're looking for an opportunity to get in contact with my with Talara, my my craft. Um, they would love to get a shot at him, you know, they'd love to bring him down and, uh, that's never going to happen. He's too good at what he does and they'll never, their technology isn't good enough. Um, so they watch and they wait and it's hysterical. It's a game, you know, um, a couple of times they have tried to come up on me and grab me and tell, I don't want to let them, I'm watched and protected by them. And so I actually impede one of their cars one night. And that was unpleasant for them. And I just sat in my window taping it, thinking, oh, my God, what are you idiots are doing? So, yeah. Shame on them. This really angered me. That's, that's our tax dollars. That's yeah. our tax dollars at work. And I don't think it's legal, really, to follow people like that and harass them. This is wrong. It's unethical. And to call, you know, the Air Force or the military basically laid a blanket explanation for ufos for 80 years and that was there are no no such thing you are lying it's a hoax a hallucination or a misperception period and now what 80 years later congressional hearings roll around like oh maybe it's extraterrestrial maybe (laughs) really is that what you're that's where you're going i don't think disclosure was voluntary at all i think they were forced to do it because there was so much information out there. There was films being leaked. And they had lost control of the narrative. They had lost all credibility completely. Everyone knows now UFOs are real. And if they don't say it, they'll screw you. You're obviously wrong. So they did it for their own benefit, not ours. Right. Yeah. And I know for a fact that nobody really cares about the opinion on of whether the military believes that they're real or not. Like it, you can ask anybody. You're just like, oh well, the military doesn't think they're real. I'd be like, so like we know they exist. Like we don't, I don't care what they have to say about it. Yeah. It's 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 like everybody <laughs> that I would know, everybody that I know that's in the military and I still speak with and stuff like that. I mean, everybody knows that they're real. Even people that are up there, and I've known some people throughout my career that are up there, like up there, up there, and they know they're real as well, even before they were read into anything or had any kind of information. 
it's just nowadays it's just common knowledge yeah so which is great for us but yeah it's just weird that they still try to hold on so tight <laughs> it's, it's it's like the weirdest thing ever um but i don't know i guess they're trying to hide something obviously so maybe one day we'll all figure it out but yeah i don't really lend too much uh i don't really care too much about what they have to say about it um you're reading the book right Yes, I'm almost well, done with keep it. Keep reading it because the answer to what you're asking right now is in the book. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah, okay. yeah we're almost done with it. So yeah, <laughs> as soon as I got it, I started reading it, and I've been going through it like every day. So it's it's great so far. So um, yeah, so I guess as we kind of wind down our time here together, um, Dolly, is there any place where people can find you? Are you speaking anywhere? Do you have any like websites or anything where anybody can find you at? I have a YouTube channel and I'm starting to podcast. I put my very first one out the other day and I'm going to do them every two weeks. Nice. And um, I may start opening up a live uh, question and answer session on there as well. Um, I'm on Facebook. So if you want to talk to me in messenger, just look, you know, find my name, start talking to me in messenger. I will answer you. And uh, I answer questions that way or at the end of the podcast that I do any podcast I do. In the comments in the chats, I go back and look through it, and I'll answer questions in there as well. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So we'll have yeah. everything linked for everybody, so that way they don't have to try and track you down. But we'll have when this video goes back up edited, we'll have all the links to everybody's websites and books and podcasts, YouTube channels for everybody. So that'll be good. Um, yeah. On the same note, Preston, can you kind of let everybody know where they can find you on social media, where they can find the books as well as the websites? Yeah. First, I would encourage people to go to Dolly's uh, YouTube channel, Dolly Safran's the address, because she has some amazing photographic evidence up there. It's not just her eyewitness testimony. She's got supporting witnesses, corroborating witnesses, uh, medical evidence, all kinds of evidence, really, including film and uh, photographs. So, yeah, go there. It's really cool. She's got some amazing stuff. Uh, I have a YouTube channel as well. Just punch my name in on YouTube. It'll take you there. And my website, the book is up there. So if you want to read an excerpt, you can read a pretty extensive excerpt there. It's available on Amazon. I have my Facebook page. You can reach me on Messenger or Twitter. I'm starting up with Instagram as well. I'm trying to learn social media as best as I can. It's changing faster than I can, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> but yeah, Paul, thanks for having us on the show. It's really yeah. an honor. Absolutely. I always appreciate when you when you're on. It's always it's always a good time. Um, absolutely, I really appreciate appreciate you both on. It was great. Um, yeah. So everybody, will have all the links down below uh, in the show notes when this video goes back up. Uh, you can find us everywhere, really. And I feel you on the social media stuff. That stuff moves fast and furious. Um, and when you're the only PR person for your show, I have to keep up like every day with posts and videos and clips and promotional stuff so it's pretty hot and heavy there so i understand that uh but yeah um for everybody that's watching live right now on youtube we appreciate you guys stopping in um if you guys aren't already a subscriber and for a lot of times a lot of you people aren't so uh please consider hitting that subscribe button uh also hitting that like button that'll really help us out with the algorithms moving forward 
Um, also hit that bell icon so you guys don't miss an episode in the future, uh, whether we go live or we post our high strangeness episodes. Um, tune back in Wednesday. We'll be speaking with Charlie Robinson again, um, the octopus of global control guy himself. Um, so that'll be a good one. And then next week we'll have uh, Jason McLean back on as we'll be talking about the weather, uh, whether it's used as weapons against us as well. Um, down here in Texas, where I, when it snowed about two years ago, that was uh, real bad. And uh, I think that might have been something more than just the weather uh, playing out on its own. So we'll, be, we'll get into that as well. Um, so yeah, you guys check us out on YouTube, uh, Rumble, we're on Getter and all that good stuff. If you guys want to catch us when you're on the go, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio and Amazon Music at Truth Defender Podcast. Uh, if you have any questions for myself or our guests, as well as guests, guests or topic recommendations, you can shoot us an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. I really appreciate you guys stopping in for another one. Everybody stay safe out there. Stay blessed. And most of all, stay frosty. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>